We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We are now just one day away from the NBA draft. Rumors are heating up around the league. Ah, I love this time of year. It's so much fun. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you doing? Are you ready for silly season? Yeah, man, this is, uh, I think, the last good night of sleep for a little bit, but but that's okay. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting into the draft to tomorrow. Uh, we've got stuff that sounds like teams want to make things happen today if they can. Uh, you know, it's it's this is a different feel. Normally, it's a lot more of like, yeah, the draft or just after or whatever. Like, this feels like there are teams who are like, we're going to get something done today. So, so let's see. You know, I'm, I'm excited, but let's start breaking it down because we got quite a few things have happened since we recorded yesterday afternoon. Keith, I do have a, just a little appetizer for you for tomorrow oh. and for what I think we're going to see tomorrow. said it's just a little appetizer <laughs> i love it utah is trading for jaw raff <laughs> the memphis zoo's giraffe that they named after john morant <laughs> i love it <laughs> that's amazing memphis why are you doing this don't trade jaw <laughs> don't, don't even trade jaw raff raff that is, i love it that's yeah. my new favorite thing that, that has that has happened. Ja Raff on his way to Utah. I do not think this is an indication that the Jazz are going to get Ja Morant, but nevertheless, I think it's a big addition for you two, <laughs> for Utah and their uh, zoological interests. Did, did you hear that? I think that was the sound of people unsubscribing from. <laughs> people are so mad. I wasn't trying to fake anybody out or whatever. This is just fun and just a little appetizer again because I think we're going to get to use that drop. Quite a yeah. bit in the next, uh, what, 20, well, 26, 27 yeah, hours 27 or so, hours something or something like that. Yeah. By the way, make sure you do follow us and uh, and subscribe because we are going to go live during the draft tomorrow. It's going to be a yeah. ton of fun. We're going to be breaking everything down. So come join us and watch the draft with us. going to be a blast. It's going to be right here on the NBA front office YouTube channel. I can't wait, Keith. I can't wait to, to go through the draft with you. 
Yeah, I'm super excited. I think we're gonna have a blast going through it. It's you know, full disclosure, it's gonna be the first round probably only, and we'll do a little bit of recap. And then Friday, it won't be live. Um, but Trevor and I are gonna carve out time. We are gonna do a full 30 team recap to say what teams did, didn't do. So that'll be a very long uh show, whether uh, you're watching it on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast version. But I'll give you a good long show to get you into the weekend and and uh, get get you off into to, to next week uh, when all the madness starts with free agency. So we're 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 excited. This is gonna be a fun couple of days. All right. Well let's get into our first news item of the day. James Harden opting in we talked about this a little bit the other day but now it's sounding more certain that james harden will actually opt in which is not what we thought a few weeks ago this is the situation has shifted james harden opting in and probably going to sign a shorter term contract which again i we've talked about this i think is massive for the 76ers in terms of protecting themselves in this situation with a, a james harden that frankly was probably not at the peak of his powers at the end of this last season yeah, absolutely. Well, we will get to the full um, shooting guard rankings. If you're interested, I have my shooting guard rankings. I've posted on spot track. So everybody can go take a look at those. They're the same what Trevor and I will break down. Uh, just it's not going to be today um, or tomorrow because we'll be draft focused. But at the beginning part of next week, we'll we'll get into all of those. But yeah, it's I mean, he's still the best free agent for my money available this summer, even with the slippage in play. But I get why they don't want to do the five years. They don't want to do $60 million when he's 37 at the end and all that stuff. So, yeah, and this is also we're starting to see, again, a slightly different way, but the power of the um, extension and how much that can do for players right it's 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 not the way it used to be normally we see it keeping guys out of free agency now this is a slightly different way but same end result he's he's you know gonna opt in and sign an extension and sounds like probably a three-year deal um there's even some reporting that it may be slightly less than the max which that would be huge for philly uh just for a little bit of wiggle room to give them you know maybe get some in range of doing the uh uh non-taxpayer mid-level uh, in a couple of years to, to add players some over the next couple of seasons which would be big for them but yeah uh matt pre- pretty pretty big news um it's kind of all over the place now too we've seen it reported out of philly we saw jake fisher and we saw Woj uh kind of jump in on it uh earlier today as well so i think it's once you start hearing it from a whole bunch of places you can start to feel a lot better about running with it all right let's stay with the 76ers and let's talk about pj tucker we we talked about yesterday that pj tucker was opting out of his contract seven million and change with the miami heat is now going to hit the market and now we're hearing the 76ers could very well be the landing spot for him and that they're willing to go three years on a deal now again not all three-year contracts are the same. You sure. could have a non-guaranteed portion of that. It could be a team option. Some different things that, that could be mixed in there. But three years, mid-level exception, full mid-level exception deal potentially for a 37-year-old player. Uh, I know the wing market is thin. We're going to talk about Nicholas Batum in a few minutes here. The wing market extremely thin this offseason. P.J. Tucker, he's a winner. He's proven. I understand the appeal, but the age makes me a little bit concerned for the 76ers here if they're doing a full if it's a fully guaranteed three-year contract yeah my guess is there'll be some something in there at the end yeah. that 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 doesn't leave us uh in that position but yeah it is definitely uh you know 
it makes sense for them though, right? And my assumption would be something like Maxi, Harden, Harris, Tucker, and Embiid would be your starting group. Tucker obviously had a lot of success playing with James Harden in the past. Uh, if you're going to have Harden, if you're going to have those other four guys, your fifth guy basically needs to be somebody who can hit open jump shots and play defense. And PJ Tucker can do that uh, for you. We saw him, uh, you know, do do some stuff, and he's not. He's not going to switch out and defend the speediest perimeter guys anymore. He just doesn't have that in him. But any forward in the league, any uh, big in the league, he can definitely hold his own. I've said in the past, like trying to post him up, it's like trying to post up a fire hydrant. Like you're just, you're just not going to move him. He's just going to lock his base and and that's it. And maybe you'll shoot over him and that may happen, but but you're going to have to work to to get that that look. So yeah, this one makes sense. But I still think he sticks with the Heat. I, that that still is the one I think that happens, but but yeah, we'll see. Do you think the Heat matched that contract though? Uh, that offer? They, they, well, they could because they they should have an offer to use the full uh, non taxpayer because that's the challenge. They're limited if they use his non bird to eight point four million, but that might be one too where he says you don't. I don't need you'll match the years. I don't necessarily need you to match. Mm. Well, they can't match the years yet, but that could be one of those where it's like, hey. We'll do another one plus one opt out next year, and then we got you on the back end. We'll take care of you, kind of what what we think might be happening with Bobby Portis in Milwaukee. So yeah, well we'll see. But yeah, I I I tend to think Miami wants to keep him around because they don't have yeah. anything resembling a four on that roster without him. Well, given his uh, sneaker habit, I have a feeling that the the dollar amount may may matter. True. <laughs> True. But somebody did the math and added up the value of the shoes that he wore throughout the playoff run for the Miami Heat. And it was oh, something really? astro- I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it was something astronomical where you went un- unbelievable. He's got an impressive collection. I, yeah. Yeah. He he was uh, the, the folks that I know from my former career with Disney who were uh, working at the bubble or like every like that was a topic of conversation where it was like this one guy like they don't they're not nba heads so they were like but this one player brought like 300 pairs of sneakers for like you know the whole time he was in the bubble (laughs) so unreal unreal (laughs) yeah i have one pair of sneakers and then one kind of nicer pair of sneakers that's that's me as well. That's how I roll. But, but we're old. And they're Nikes. And to be fair, I, I wear Nikes. I'm not. I'm not wearing the the New Balance Dad shoes yet. Yet. No, I'm not. I'm not quite there yet either. I'm not far yeah. off though. <laughs> yeah. Off. No, me either. With Velcro too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to an update on Kyrie Irving and this situation that seems to be ever changing, and nobody really knows exactly how this is going to wind up. In part because it's Kyrie Irving. Yeah. It felt like yesterday, especially after that report from Jake Fisher, we had arrived at a place where it's pretty clear that what Kyrie was doing was trying to create leverage by mentioning that there were some teams that he'd be interested in going to that, you know, we heard from from Shams the other day that um, they were at an impasse. The Nets and Kyrie Irving were at an impasse and they weren't going to agree to a contract or at least they had not. And that the Knicks, the Clippers and Lakers were all teams that could have interest in landing Kyrie Irving. Um, yesterday, again, the, the update was from Jake Fisher that, you know, the, the Lakers don't have anything the Nets would be interested in, that uh, the Knicks might have some pieces or whatever, but still it's tough to get done. Most likely what, what was happening here is this was Kyrie trying to create leverage, and he probably winds up staying with the Brooklyn Nets, which is, I st- still think, the most likely outcome here. But we also got an update today from Woj that added in the possibility that Kyrie just says, 
I don't care that much about money. I'm going to take the mid-level exception <laughs> from somebody. I, is that? Do you think this is just Kyrie going further down that leverage ploy here where he's trying to, to say, hey, Nets, I'm crazy enough to just take the money, to just take less money and go somewhere else, so you better give me the contract that I want, otherwise I'm out? think that's what this is or is this really Kyrie Irving like considering playing somewhere for the mid-level I'm gonna repeat something I said on a couple different radio uh, spots this morning my two years covering Kyrie Irving with the Boston Celtics taught me nothing would surprise me with Kyrie Irving like it just it any other player in the league and I would be like that's laughably stupid no one is going to opt out of 37 million to sign for 6 million. Like just no, no way that would be a thing. Then again, as Woj pointed out on NBA today, when he said this is this guy gave up $17 million last season because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Like he didn't believe in it. And that's a whole other show and topic. Right. I don't know. I, I mean, I'd give it like maybe a, 5% chance at most of happening, but it's, it's not a 0% chance. It's not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, that's insane. That would never, ever happen just because it's Kyrie. Like, I don't know. I mean, he, he may say, yeah, I want to play with LeBron. I want to play in LA and you know, I'll do this and you know, we'll, we'll go. I, I still think it would be more likely he would opt in and then they'd do some kind of trade instead and right. he'd get his full money. Um, And I think the most likely path is, the Nets give a little, he gives a little, kind of like what we're seeing with Harden and then the Sixers. Everybody gives a little bit, and then he, he sticks right in, in Brooklyn. But uh, the fact that we're a little over a week from free agency starting, and this is still a story that is not not still, but it's only gaining steam. I don't know. Maybe there is something there. Um, If, let's say, somehow that does happen, the Lakers have to trade Westbrook. Right. If because Woj yeah. has the Lakers as the biggest threat for Kyrie just to say, I don't care about money. I'm gonna take and for the Lakers, it would be that that taxpayer mid-level. We're talking about six million dollars. I mean, obviously it's a huge sacrifice for Kyrie, but if you do that, if that actually happens, Kyrie just says, I don't care, I'm taking this and I'm gonna go play with LeBron, you gotta move Russell yeah. Westbrook, right? Yeah, then you're re-engaging with Houston because you could bring John Wall in and say, hey, you're going to back up Kyrie. Um, Westbrook is not going to do that without it becoming a problem. Um, you can't play the two of them together. That's not feasible. Um, that that wouldn't be workable. Plus, you, you wouldn't be able to build a functional defense um, with those two playing together. Um, What's his name? Said, the, uh, the, old, the old GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, was it David Kahn, disagrees. Yeah. You can totally yeah. play them together. <laughs> Yeah, as long as one of them's not Stephen Curry. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I nah, it's yeah, you got you gotta do something. Yeah. I, I would say at that point I would be calling the Hornets and saying, All right, what do we gotta do, Gordon Hayward? You know, right. Hay- Hayward and Plumley, and we'll give you a pick or two. Go. And honestly, if you if you rolled into the start of the year with a starting group of Something like Plumley, AD, LeBron, Hayward, and Kyrie. That's that's not, not bad. bad. No. Now, you're probably the, the healthiest guy in that group is Plumley. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's a you you better really nail your depth additions. But yeah, it's. I mean, I just it's. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, I really, I, I'm like, I can't. There's no it, way he's going to give up $30 million. It would be unprecedented. Most, I mean, yeah, the, with the most recent that I can think of would be like, I mean, Boogie Cousins with the Warriors, but that was Boogie coming off of an yeah. injury. You go way back to like Carl Malone and Gary Payton with the Lakers back yeah. in, what was that, 04? And that was such a different like, And that was a different different situation. situation. I mean, way different. Yeah. So this would be pretty unprecedented if this were if Kyrie were to really say if anybody was going to do it, it'd be him. That's right. That's that's yeah. the thing. That's where most of the time we would just say never. It's yeah. not happening. It's never we like we would have spent two minutes on this topic exactly and said it's not happening. Move on because right. it's Kyrie though. You just you just don't know. And again, maybe he's using that to gain more leverage to be like, hey, look, people think I think I, I'll do whatever and I don't care about money. So hey, maybe I am just crazy enough to sacrifice $30 million and, and just take off if you're not going to give me the contract. So I still think this is a leverage thing with the Nets, but I like this is out there. And now Woj is saying the Lakers are the biggest threat to land him. So this is going to be something to keep an eye on and, and see how all this plays out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. This is, uh, hey, it's not nothing. You know, now it's uh, now it's something we, we have to monitor. And uh, you probably have to record 37 videos on over the next four days. Yes. Yeah, we, we will <laughs> certainly have plenty to talk about there. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of the players who are opting in. Opting in, guys. Uh, we've seen uh, a few players around the NBA say, you know what, we're going to opt into our contracts. Uh, Kendrick Nunn being one of them. John Wall being another one. Uh, surprisingly, Pat Connaughton, given the wing mm -hmm. market, I'm surprised that he opted in. But these guys have decided to stick with their current teams, and then they'll take their chances in free agency. They kick the can down the road, take their chances next offseason. Um Again, John Wall, Kendrick Nunn, we knew. Kendrick Nunn even just flat out told us at yeah. exit interviews, yeah. I'm opting in. You know, I mean, because there was no reason for him not to. I, yeah, after missing the entire season, he yeah. wasn't going to make that kind of money. Yeah. Um, and John Wall, he's not turning down $47 million. Yeah. Um, now, John Wall may give back $10 million of that in a buyout. buyout. They yeah. move on so somewhere. That may be how that plays out. But yeah, the Connaughton one, though, that one's really surprising. I had him pegged as... Somebody might double his salary. You know, he might have made the the Emily or slightly more. Um, my guess is we're gonna find out shortly after free agency starts that there's an extension uh, that he's signing with the Bucks. That this keeps him cheap for this year. That allows him to get Bobby Portis the uh, the mid level or use the early bird rights or whatever they're gonna do to keep him happy. Maybe they 
use the early bird rights on Portis and still use the taxpayer mid-level to go get somebody. And that's how they build out that, that depth on, on that Bucks roster. Uh, maybe they get back involved on PJ Tucker. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, but I think, um, yeah. And then we'll find out Connaughton. It's going to add, you know, three years or something on the back end at, you know, maybe 10 million a season or something sure. in those range. Um, any, is Connaughton the biggest surprise so far in terms of the decisions? Yeah, I think so. I don't think any of the others have been surprising. I think they've all kind of gone how at least I expected and projected. I don't think I've had to change any of them, uh, other than, um, other than uh, Connaughton, I, I had to, I did have to flip that one because I thought he would opt out. I had to flip it to to an opt in, which is also funny because you remember when he signed that contract a couple years ago after the Bogdanovich fiasco, and everybody was like, "You didn't have to turn around and give it to Connaughton." Like, what yes. were you doing? And now it actually looks like a really good deal for the Bucks. Like, it's for a further lesson, and we're gonna do it here in the next uh, week plus several times and overreact to, to deals and. And sometimes we're just wrong. You know, we, we don't know. And sometimes, you know, circumstances change, player changes or whatever, and it ends up not being so bad. And sometimes the ones we like don't end up so good. Yeah, and an overpay today may look like an underpay tomorrow. It just depends on how the player performs. Yep. Um, all right. Speaking of payments, <laughs> Jordan Poole. Again. He's not going to be swimming in water anymore. He's going to be <laughs> Scrooge McDuck style swimming in, swimming in money. Oh, no. Making that making that high dive into the cash, that should be paper money, by the way. Like I know it's a cartoon, but he would break every bone in his yeah, body if you really true. tried to dive into that multiple coins. No, yeah, you, you'd there's hit no that. And you, yeah, you you like the first layer would like give a little bit, but right now you'd you'd be yeah you'd be in pain. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. more money, more problems in in that situation. <laughs> um, but Jordan Poole. North of a hundred million dollars in an extension. What are your thoughts on that? Is that, I mean, the for the Warriors, I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine what's the, what's the luxury tax hit on that. Like, if you're giving him a hundred million, and obviously yeah. it's not per season, so you're talking about what twenty five million per season on a four year yeah. deal, on average, when you add in the luxury tax payments, oh my goodness, like Jordan Poole gets expensive very very fast. What are your thoughts on on this? Do the Warriors really go to quite that level to to keep him around? I think they do. I mean, I'm going to believe that they will until they don't uh, with, with this this team. I think the Warriors have proven, hey, we're we're getting after. I mean, talk about putting your money where your mouth is, right? They continue to say, you know, we'll, we'll spend and where we're going to go, and it's all going to come home to roost at some point. And I think they're looking at it as, hey, every time, you know, when we're going through 20 and 62 seasons and, you know, Steph is retired and all that, well, we'll still point, remember the good days and point to all the banners up in right. the roof, right? It's, uh, I do think what's interesting with this one is, um, to be clear too, this would kick in not this coming season, but the season after. This is an extension for Jordan Poole. He's got one more year under contract. Um, he and Tyler Hero are kind of the two guys who are rivaling each other a little bit. I think Hero probably has a little bit of a leg up. He was the sixth man of the year award winner. Sure. Um, but yeah, Poole probably right behind him. Yeah, $25 million a year doesn't feel crazy to me he's an important bridge piece for them too um when they get past the curry thompson green years whenever those those come um so yeah it's but to answer your question just this coming year 
assuming they re-sign Kevon Looney yeah. and one of Peyton and Porter, they're probably looking at between salary and luxury tax penalty, $400 million oh. is what they're, they're looking at paying out uh, for this, this upcoming season. And then you're going to add $25 million on top of that to pool. Like, you're, you know, then that's, that's easily, that's another $100 million. So, yeah, you're talking, they're going to be a $500 million uh, expenditure here relatively soon. I mean, think about that. I, and I remember talking with you and making this point when the Warriors were making their decision on Kelly Oubre Jr. on taking on that contract and what it was going to cost in luxury tax payments. Mm-hmm. Those those tax payments combined with the contract cost more than the full salary for some teams in the NBA. Sure. If you're talking about $25 million per season and yeah. then the luxury tax on top of it, taking it up closer to $100 million per season that you're paying to get Jordan Poole, you're back in that territory where there's some teams where their yeah. whole team doesn't cost them that. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be right in that range, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. good. But again, if the, if you're the Warriors and you want to write that check and you can do it, he's an yep. incredible talent. Um, last thing, the Miami Heat. If Jordan Poole gets four years, one hundred million, are they just staring daggers at the Warriors? Then I mean, because you know Tyler Hero is gonna to want to top that. He's gonna to want mm-hmm. a higher salary than what Jordan Poole gets. That could put. Either one of these guys could set the market for the other one, and which one signs first will be interesting to see. Yeah, and I think if you're the Heat, you want to get Tyler Hero done first because yeah. because the, the, I don't know that the Warriors care all that much. All right, fine, we got to give them $27 million a year. Right. They're not going to worry about that. Whereas, yeah, if Poole, let's say the Warriors just come out and say, yeah, we'll give you 27 Hero's then going to be like, max, that's it. Give me the yep. max. Like, I'm, you know, I need it. Like yeah, that's, Tyler Hero's extension talks are going to be very, very interesting. I I wrote a whole piece at Spot Track about it. If anybody's interested, just Google uh, Spot Track uh, Keith Smith Tyler Hero, and it'll pop right up. And because um, there's there's a lot of stuff, and the big question that you're asking is how much do you pay six man? That's yeah. that's that's it at the end of the day. That's the question you have to ask if you're the Heat. All right, let's talk Hornets. We're traveling north from, from Miami here. Um, Mason Plumley's contract becomes guaranteed, Yep, um, which is pretty much what we were, we were expecting that. Yeah. He's been mentioned in trade talks quite a bit, and we know the Hornets would like to upgrade at the center position. They've been um, connected to Miles Turner in the past, connected to a number of players. Their name pops up when we talk about Rudy Gobert. Um I do think that ultimately they're going to try to find a center out there on the market, whether it's via trade or, or free agency. But um, but Plumlee is a serviceable big. And if he's your – you could do a lot worse if, if Plumlee is your backup big. That's for sure. Yeah, if he's your backup, you're probably in really good, good yeah, shape. Yeah, you have to with backup center, yeah. It's, um, you know, I think he gets beat up on a lot because he's not a very good defender. Um, but he can rebound. His finishing is good around the rim. He can't shoot free throws for – worth of crap. I think he was at 39% for the season, which is pr- pretty horrible. But he's a pretty good passer, too. He's a guy you can run some stuff through. It's funny, you know, one of the things that we're talking a lot about over on Celtics blog is, you know, what are targets for, for the team. And he's a guy I've said, you know, yeah, if worst came to worst, if that was the way you used the, one of the TPEs was to go get Mason Plumley, not the end of the world. Like, I, you know, that'd be okay as a backup big. Like, he's, you know, he fits in because you can run some of the offense through him and do ask him to do some of the same stuff you ask the other guys to do. But yeah, he's a little overmatched as a starter, but at under, you know, at 9.1 million, that's, that's good high end backup money. And I, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think you're fine there. 
Um, and again, only one more year on the contract. And that's that's important when we talk about a guy like him. Like, it's not like you're committing long-term salary uh-huh. to, to Mason yep. Plumlee. Yep. Um, staying with Charlotte, the Hornets are looking at Gordon Hayward trades. Keith, I know you had the same initial thought about this that I had about the DeAndre Ayton news, about the Suns trying to get the eighth pick in the draft and move off of salary uh, like a Cameron Johnson in order to free up a little bit of room for DeAndre Ayton. Suns don't have to do that. That's just being cheap. You had the same reaction to the Charlotte Hornets looking yeah. to move Gordon Hayward and perhaps attaching a first-round pick to him in order to do so. They don't have to do that. And I'm sorry, I missed the, the key point there, was in order to sign an extension with Miles Bridges, that's not a qualifier for signing an extension with Miles Bridges. They could sign it without doing any of that, no problem. It's just It just costs a little bit more money. Yeah, they have his full bird rights. It's just going to cost them money. The other thing that's – the the Suns one is bothersome because you're a title contender, yeah. so you should be willing to go into the tax. The Hornets, I get it. They're like, hey, we don't want to pay the tax because we're not sure this team is that level of good. Sure. But they can do this without paying the tax too, and that's what's really annoying to me. It's like you're, you're, you're now getting cheap when there's no reason to get cheap. Um, yeah, if you could – get off Gordon Hayward's deal at the expense of the 13th or 15th pick. Fine. Like, I don't, I mean, great. More power to you. Um, You know, I mean, at this point, the challenge that it's really unfortunate is when Gordon Hayward plays, he's actually pretty good. You know, he can shoot, he can mm-hmm. pass, he can dribble, he can do a lot of different things for you. Problem is he only plays about 50 games a year. That's not worth thirty million dollars. It just isn't. That's 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 too much to you know be be paying. And that was the problem when the Hornets swooped in and you know kind of blew up anything Boston and Indiana had going on, or just Boston. And I said this just yesterday. This is why the Celtics, you know, setting that you know one hundred million dollars over four years. That's our top end for Hayward, and uh, locking in at that number. That was huge because that if they'd said. All we'll right, we'll match the 120. That's franchise crippling, you know, for and, them. So. And on top of that, remember, the Hornets did a wave and stretch with Nicholas Batum, yeah. who we're going to get to in a minute, yep. in order to do this. So in reality, yes, you were just paying paying, him like 40. Yeah. yeah, you were paying him almost $40 million. Yep. That's what, what your actual cost was to have him on your roster because of what mm-hmm. you had to do in order to get the, the room to sign him. We questioned that at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah it's now, just a lot of money. Now to not only pay him that much to now have to potentially just burn a future asset, a, a first round pick in order to move that salary off. That's it's not great. Not no, great, it's Bob. not great. If you have to do it, you do it. But I don't want to hear people saying, well, you had to do it because that's the only way you could resign no. Miles Bridges because it's absolutely no. not true. You know, then if that's the case, just be honest and say, we don't want to pay the tax, which I, I will have far more respect for a team that is honest and just says we don't want to pay the tax than a team that then makes up all these other you know things about this is why we really had to do these moves. No, just tell the truth. Spin it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to spin it. Yeah. We, we can see through that. Yes. Very easily sometimes. All right. Nicholas Batum opts out 3 million and change would have been his contract for this year. Not a surprise at all. We've talked about supply and demand on the wing market. Um, Demand is high. Supply is very low. P.J. Tucker doing the same thing here. And again, I, I think even if they weren't in that environment where uh, supply is low and demand is high for wings, I, I still think that's an underpay for Nicholas Batum. But given just the reality of this specific market this year, it's a no-brainer for him to opt out 
and see what's out there. Now, I do think he probably stays with the Clippers, but we've already heard a number of teams that have been connected with him or at least would be interested in him. Uh, Keith, I know you have the full list, but off the top of my head, it's uh, it's the Lakers, the Clippers, of course, the Jazz, the Suns. Who else was in there? I know I'm leaving. Bulls and the Celtics. Bulls, Bulls and the Celtics. Now it's from Chris Haynes. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. So what do you think? Like, what is Nicholas Batum's fair market value here? Uh, Probably around the taxpayer. MLE, I think, you know, a little over six million, six and a half million almost. Um, I think that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, He, he, Trevor, this one shocks me more than I've never been more wrong because when the Hornets bought him out and the Clippers signed him, I was like, you're just throwing money away. This guy can't play anymore. He, they basically, the Hornets dragged him into that um, game in France shortly before the pandemic shut everything down and played him just because. The game was in France and he's French and all that stuff. Sure. And he looked awful. He looked fat and slow and just brutal. And then clearly rededicated himself when he got to LA, um, got his game back. And now be you a know, good quality player. And honestly, I think somebody, the Clippers really need to do what they can to keep because it's just money for them. Right. So, you know, why not? I, I don't think he'll leave. I think he sticks there. I, I agree. I think he does stick there as well. And the Clippers, I mean, my goodness, talk about an embarrassment of riches. Look at their wing depth. Kawhi, yeah. Paul George, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington. They already, This was incredibly smart for them to not even mm-hmm. let him get on the market, pay a little bit more than the mid-level in order to keep him around. Now, keep Nicholas Batum in the mix. I mean, that's fantastic wing depth. Plus, they've got some young pieces there as well. But Batum is a great example of why... Sometimes it's too early when we just proclaim a player is washed. Sometimes all it takes is that player. It's not even just the new environment. It's a different role. If you take a guy who used to be incredibly multifaceted and used to be asked to do a lot of things, defend, play, make, shoot threes, all that kind of stuff. And you bring him when it's becoming clear that he can no longer do that kind of heavy lifting. And you put him into an environment where instead he only has to do two things, Mm -hmm. defend, and be a floor spacer. Suddenly that player becomes, it's like a whole new player because they become mm-hmm. that much more effective again, because they only have to do those things and they don't burn themselves out on all the other stuff that their prior team asked them to do. So again, sometimes you get this kind of move where a veteran player goes from a team that really needs them to be up here in terms of role. And they get to a team that's got a little more firepower and their role is down here and that's much more in line with where their current abilities are at because, you know, father time's undefeated. 
that player can have new life. And Nicholas Batum is the poster boy of this phenomenon. Yeah, it's also interesting, right? He, uh, another countryman of his, he pulled the Boris Diaw, right? Yes, of like, great example. Like he was done and completely washed, and now he's uh, reemerges as a productive role player on you know good teams. So yeah, it's a you know, and, and there was a point in time where Nick Batum was awesome when he was with the Trailblazers uh-huh. on those really good Blazers teams. He was great on those teams. He was like the annual like. This dude might pull off the five by five, you know, the five, five points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals in the same game because he was that versatile. And just, you know, it, it, it never really went as the way I think he wanted it to in Charlotte. But yeah, you know, let's, uh, yeah, I mean, the Clippers, Jay, the other thing for the Clippers too, it's awesome that Kawhi will be back and Paul George will be back. I don't think Kawhi is playing more than 60, 65 games yeah. in the regular season. You so need you that need depth. guys like Batum to yeah, to fill in for him on those nights when you know you just want to sit him. Absolutely. Well, we'll see. Maybe some team can make the Clippers blink, but I kinda kinda doubt that's going to be the case. I, I would imagine pretty pretty likely that he retain returns to the Clippers. And that's exactly what Chris Haynes said that the Clippers are in the, the driver's mm-hmm. seat in this situation. Hey, let's go back to Kyrie for a minute because Mark Stein just put out a piece um, that says Miami may jump in on uh, Kyrie Irving, too. Uh, He says Miami is believed to have some level of interest in joining the chase for Irving. Okay. All right. You know, I mean, the Heat clearly are willing to make things work. I don't know what you do then with Kyle Lowry. That becomes a little messy, but I guess you'd figure that out. You would have to move. I mean, just like the Lakers would have to move Westbrook, you'd probably have to move Kyle Lowry, right? Uh, yeah, I would imagine. I, I I can't see how that becomes you know feasible because you can't play them together. Right. Um, so yeah. Hey, one other thing too, we didn't put it on the rundown. I want to put it out there. Um, Alec Burks. Uh, oh yeah. Knicks have been you know rumored to be you know shopping along with Nerland Noel, Kemba Walker. He had that foot surgery, so uh, sounds like he's supposed to be ready for the start of the regular season. Um, but that just makes it a little bit harder to trade a guy when he's injured because um, teams are going to have a couple more questions than they might have had otherwise. Yeah, that's going to make things tough for the Knicks on the on the trade market. And we've heard rumors about the Knicks maybe wanting to clear up some salary, clear up some roster mm-hmm. spots by packaging together some of those guys like Alec Burks, Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. Nerlens Noel, uh, Evan Fournier, play, players like that to send them out in some sort of a deal. That does yeah. make things a little bit more complicated on the, the Alec Burks trade front. Yep. All right. I think that's it for right now. You know, the way this, the way things are going right that's now, a like good you, just, you, for you right never now. know. This could change 10 minutes from now, but for right now, that looks like this is about it. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office show over on YouTube, as well as Apple podcast. Leave us that five-star rating and review till next time, everybody. Again, please come join us tomorrow night live during the NBA draft till then. See ya and stay safe.